Blog Talk Radio. Psalm 82, a psalm of Asaph. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, Ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Well, good morning, everyone. Located in the spots around the world where it is the morning. Shalom. In Hebrew, that means peace. My name is Kennard Levy Brown. I'm your host for the Merciful Servants of God. Biblical instructional program. I think this will be the 300th program that I've done. I've uh, broadcast since the year 2007. And so this is a milestone for this program. Uh, This Bible study will be the 300th Bible study that I've done. And uh, I implore you to go through the archives and uh, listen to these free Bible studies. And it's the policy of this ministry to always offer free teachings. Uh, This is based on Isaiah chapter 55. Let's go to that scripture, Isaiah chapter 55, verse 1, states plainly, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that have no money, come ye buy and eat. Yes, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. You'll see in a minute that he's not talking about food here. He's just using that um, symbolically here. Verse 2, Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? and your labor for that which it satisfies not. Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Verse 3, Incline your ear, and come unto me. Hear, and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you. The sure mercies of David, or David. And so, obviously, even when you look at the Jewish commentaries, he's stating the fact that it's talking about teachings, the the words of God, that is the the food that is talking about, the spiritual food. And this is a prophecy saying that in these end times, uh, people that are spending money for biblical teachings, not to say that there isn't any truth in it, but what this is indicating is that uh, don't think that someone who's offering something for free, free Bible teachings, don't make light of it. Don't think that you can't get anything out of it. Because in my ministry, I've encountered some people to think that, oh, if someone puts a price tag on something, it must have some value. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. So anyway, I just thought I would make that point. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about a problem that has plagued humanity. (laughs) And it certainly has plagued Israel. Ancient Israel, 
in modern Israel today. What I'm going to talk about, ladies and gentlemen, is the plague of rebellion. And so the first scripture that I'm going to talk about today tells a lot about how we rebel today. And if you look up, if you have a Strong's Concordance, in in particular, if you have ESORT, you can do this. uh, After you listen to this program, you can review it again and, and jot this down. But the Strong's number for rebellion, H as in hope, 4805, that's H as in hope, 4805. And so the first occurrence of that, you can type this in ESORT. If you type this in ESORT, it'll take you right to the scripture where it is the first occurrence of the Hebrew word for rebellion is located. And that scripture is Numbers, chapter 17, verse 10. And this is interesting. This is very interesting. Bible study is just, it's the, it's the most important thing in my life. It's the thing that I look forward to because there's always some gold nuggets in there. Regardless if you go back to the same scriptures over and over and over again, uh, you, you do that, if you keep on going over it over and over again, you'll see new things. You'll see things you didn't realize that was there. And this is an example for me. Uh, Numbers 17, verse 10. Let's go there. Numbers 17, verse 10. Now, this is in the context of Aaron's rod. Uh, Numbers chapter 17, verse 10. And the Lord said unto Moshe, Bring Aaron's rod again before the testimony to be kept for a token. I know in the uh, Jewish translation of this, uh, it's at verse 25, but in the King James, it's verse 10. And the master said unto Moshe, Bring Aaron's rod again before the testimony to be kept for a token. That word token in Hebrew uh, is a mark, an evidence, against the rebels. And so that's the first occurrence. The first occurrence of the Hebrew word uh, that's translated uh, for rebellion and rebels. There's others, but this this one particular one I'm, I'm targeting here, uh, H as in Hope 4805, is in the context of Aaron's rod. It's also in the context of God rightfully complaining about the murmurings and complaining of the people. I, I really find that that's significant, and there's another way to look at Aaron's rod as well. Uh, the Bible tells you, basically, that it is a sign, it's a token against the rebels. And then if you look at this whole chapter, the people rebelled against the leadership. They rebelled against the leadership. And so Aaron's rod was uh, created to help the people to understand they shouldn't rebel against the leadership. And they shouldn't be murmuring and complaining. This is something that I've unfortunately encountered in my ministry throughout the years, people complaining about everything. Every week is always something they got to complain about. God does not like that. Now, he, now legitimate complaints are okay. You're going to have, like, God has legitimate complaints against us. But he's talking about unrighteous complaints. Oh, I don't like the way... He wore his tie, or I mean, and the tie looks okay, but you may not like the tie. I mean, silly stuff like that. That that's what he's talking about. And and then our people back then, uh, during the times of Moshe, what were they complaining about? Like, oh, we don't have enough food. Oh, we wish we could go back to Egypt. <laughs> complaining about every little thing, you know. And he got sick and tired of that. And then in this context, he was going to wipe out the people. And if it wasn't for Moses and Aaron, all the people, most of them, would have been wiped out. And so this is serious. That's why I, I titled this program The Danger 
of rebellion because it's very dangerous. You know, God has mercy, folks, but that mercy will run out if we don't learn how to have mercy toward other people and if we continue to rebel. Okay, so we, we, we have to understand that. In, in verse 11 of Numbers chapter 17, And Moshe did so as the Lord commanded him, so did he. And the children of Israel spoke to Moshe, saying, Behold, we die, we perish, we all perish. Whatsoever cometh anything near unto the tabernacle of the master shall die, shall we be consumed without dying. So they were concerned about this, of course. And, you know, whenever God, you always, you know, people talk about the wrath of Hasatana, the devil. It's no comparison to, to Yah's wrath, ladies and gentlemen. You do, not, believe me, I know from personal experience, you do not want to get him upset at you. You do, do not, and people today play around with that. They play and, and, they, and they try him. And they think that he's not going to do anything. Just like this nation right now, for them accepting homosexuality, uh, a lot of other perversions are going on in this country for years, including the, the one of the greatest perversions of all time ever since Roe versus Wade, the, the worst ruling. I don't know. I, I think the gay ruling is up there, too. I think they're both equivalent uh, to being the two worst rulings in the history of this country. Of course, Roe versus Wade allowing um, now over 50 million, that's with a M, babies being slaughtered. Uh, 3,000 of them right now, as I speak, is being slaughtered. Uh, that, that's sad. And then also uh, the recent ruling uh, last year is allowing same-sex marriage. And so those are two abominations. And you think that Yah is going to continue to not judge us for that? <laughs> he's, he's having mercy, folks, on us right now. I tell you right now that mercy is running out, folks. I, I can sense it. I can tell that he's getting angry and more angry about how this nation is conducting itself. And then we have women liberalism rising up again with Hillary Clinton. And don't be surprised if she becomes the president. It looks like it's a great possibility it could occur. I don't know. God hasn't come down and told me that she's going to be president. But I don't want any of you being surprised if she becomes president because there's probably no opportunity in history for a woman to become president of the United States as it is now. And so just keep keep watch on that. Keep watch on that. And if, if that happens, what an effect that it would have on this nation. There's a prophecy. It, this prophecy is being fulfilled anyway, Isaiah chapter 3, verse 12. Why am I talking about this? Well, this has a lot to do with rebellion. It has a lot to do with rebellion, as, as you're going to see today. Isaiah 3, verse 12. Um, as for my people, children are their oppressors, and women rule over them. And this is a prophecy. This was in the book of Isaiah. It was happening then. It's, it's happening today now. It says, O oh, my people, they which lead thee cause thee to err and destroy the way of thy paths. And look, we have a woman that leads the IMF, the International Monetary Fund. We have a woman that leads the, uh, the Fed. Hey, don't be surprised if there's a woman president. Now, I'm not prophesying and say there's going to be. I'm just saying that the trends look like it's a possibility. So uh, Yeshua and tells us uh, to watch. We need to watch world events. And if Hillary does get in there as president, it's certainly going to affect things, uh, uh, I feel, in a negative way in this country. There's going to be a challenge for men in particular. 
much uh, a great challenge. All right, so let's get into rebellion here. I don't have unlimited time here, so. All right, so number 17, verse 10, that, that's in the context of murmuring and complaining. And what does the Bible say about that in particular, murmuring and complaining? And I'm talking about unrighteous complaining. Uh, Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 14 to 15. 14 to 15, it states plainly, Do all things without murmurings and disputings. <laughs> That, that's a plain statement, folks. Do all things, and it's talking about unrighteous, making big deals out of nothing, and this is one of the reasons why we do not have unity in the Hebrew Roots movement or in, in Christianity, because of all the complaining and nitpicking. Verse 15, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God. That's what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be the sons of Elohim, without rebuke, without correction. In the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, this country certainly qualifies as a wicked and perverse nation. I'm sure many of you would agree with me about that. Among whom you shine as lights in the world. We should be shining like lights in the world. Seen, holding forth the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Messiah. So we should be shining as lights to the world. Not just in our communities, but in the world. We should be, wherever we go, we should be examples. We should be examples. Proverbs 17, verse 11 is a profound scripture. Proverbs four, um, 17, verse 11. Let's turn there. It states the following. An evil man or woman seeks only rebellion. So one of the qualifications of being evil is being rebellious. Therefore, a cruel messenger shall be sent against him. And I see people being rebellion, uh, rebellious, rather, and they pray to God. And they actually think God is going to hear them if they're continuing. Rebellion is a constant disobedience over and over and over again. And you don't repent of it. And you think God is going to hear your prayers? You're wasting your time if, you, if you're praying to God. And yet you don't want to obey something that you know you need to obey. I'm not talking about the occasional falling and striving to overcome. I'm talking about the casual, I don't care, I'm going to do it anyway, and God will forgive me attitude. He is not going to, to listen to your prayers. Proverbs 28, verse 9. Proverbs 28, verse 9 tells us this. It says, he that turns away his ear from hearing the Torah... And that means everything in the Torah. Even his prayer shall be an abomination. And so if you have men that don't treat their wives properly, treat them like a bunch of garbage and, and don't respect them as their wives and treat them like queens, you think Yah's going to hear your prayer? And then on the woman's side, if you don't want to obey your husband because he's not perfect and, and uh, you use as an excuse and, 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 and don't treat him like you would treat the master, as, as the Bible commands you to. You think he's going to hear your prayers? No. I mean, I, I'm, just, I'm just giving an example, but there's many other things. So we got to, if we expect God to hear us, ladies and gentlemen, we need to repent of our rebellion. Isaiah 59 verse 1 says, Behold, the master's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither is, is here 
his ear heavy that he cannot hear. So he hears us. But here's the problem. Verse 2, but your iniquities, which rebellion has a lot to do with, have separated between you and your and Yah, and your sins has hid his face from you that he will not hear. And so for those who, I hear this, oh, I pray for this, I pray for that. Are you rebelling? Are you doing constant disobedience toward him? If so, you need to stop. And if you stop, he will start to answer your prayers. But if you continue to disobey him and think that he's going to hear you or answer your prayers, you're half out of your mind, or probably all out of your mind, if you think that he's going to, to do anything for you. If you're going to continue to disobey him, it's like you're talking to the wind. So anyway, let me read what the complete uh, word study dictionary says about rebellion. And that's a good uh, research tool, by the way, for those who are listening to me who don't have that tool. The complete word study dictionary takes one word and tells you all the main uh, scriptures to help you understand what that word means or concept or subject. It states that it's a masculine noun meaning stubbornness and rebellionness. Obstinacy. The term consistently stays within this tight semantic range and most often describes the Israelites' determined refusal, determined refusal to obey the precepts laid by the Master in his law of Torah. This characteristic attitude was a visible manifestation of their hard hearts, just like Pharaoh hardened his heart. We have hardened our hearts over the years, and we still do it today. Moses had the book of the Torah placed beside the Ark of the Covenant to remain there as a witness against the Israelites' rebelliousness after he died. That's in Deuteronomy 31, verse 27, and I just went over Numbers 17, verse 10. The master rejected Saul, or King Shaul, or King Saul, as king over Israel because of his rebellion against the commandment the Lord had earlier given him. Continually in Ezekiel, the master refers to Israel as the house of rebelliousness. That is one of our nicknames. Two of our distinct nicknames is Jezreel. We wax fat. We're obese people. We're overweight, most of us. And also the fact that we are rebellious. We are rebellious people. We don't want to, I'm not saying all of us, but a lot of us, to obey what he, what the scriptures plainly state. And even today, we have this trend going around that is frustrating me. The 66 books aren't enough. We, we have the, you know, the Apocrypha. We have all this other stuff. Are these books lost books of the Bible? Well, I'm doing a study right now because I'm being challenged by that. So far, I don't see that. I don't see it based on what I'm studying. But I'm not going to say that the Apocrypha and Pseudepigrapha don't have value as Jewish writings to help us better understand the Bible, but I don't see yet if it's holy writ. I, I just don't see the evidence right now so far as I'm studying it. But the reason why I'm bringing this up is I know people, how they are. <laughs> and what they'll do is use some of these writings that some believe are scripture to, to, to hold on to a belief that they want to have. One of the things that I'm seeing as I'm studying the uh, the possibility of these other extra-biblical texts being scripture, is that the 66 books is the foundation. It's the foundation, and we have to use that 
to compare and see whether or not these other books are holy writ or not. And so far what I'm finding out is that people that did accept certain scriptures, and God was with them, obviously, because God promised that he would preserve his word, and he does things through men, okay? Uh, so far I'm seeing that they preserved them correctly. That so far as I'm studying this. So anyway, and he, if you just look at the scriptures, like in Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 2, verse 5, Ezekiel chapter 2, verse 5, states plainly, for they are rebellious children and stiff-necked. I do send them, it says impudent right here, impudent children and stiff-hearted. I do send thee unto them, and thou shalt say unto them, Thus says the Lord God. And in verse 5, And they, whether they will hear or whether they will forbear, for they are a rebellious house, yet shall know, yet shall know that there has been a prophet among them. Verse 6, And thou, son of man, be not afraid of them, neither be afraid of their words, though briars and thorns be with thee, and thou dost dwell among scorpions. Be not afraid of their words, nor be dismayed at their looks, though they be a rebellious house. And so that's the second time. And thou shalt speak by words unto them, whether they will hear or not, for they are a rebellious house. He keeps on saying rebellious over and over and over again, because our people are like that. Believe me, I know. Anybody that teaches the truth, we're going to find out pretty quickly that the uh, Yah's people are rebellious. Verse 8, But thou, son of man, hear what I say unto thee. Be, not all of them, but a good bunch of them, right? Be not thou rebellious like that rebellious house. Why does he keep on talking about this unless this is a serious problem, ladies and gentlemen? And don't get mad at me. I'm just quoting you God's words as anybody who claims to be a teacher of Torah should be doing. Okay, I'm quoting you his simple words. These words, you can look it up in Hebrew all you want. It means the same thing. People all try to use that. Oh, you got no Hebrew. Not necessarily, folks. Hebrew is great, but I have successfully debated a, I always tell people this for a reason, a rabbi that can eat Hebrew for lunch, breakfast, and dinner, and I just use the King James Version, right? and I just use the Old Testament to prove to him that Yeshua is the Messiah. And I didn't know Hebrew at that time. And I'm learning it now. So I know from firsthand experience that uh, learning biblical Hebrew is not a prerequisite to enter the kingdom of God. So it would be a lot of people not making it. All right? But it does help. It helps you to understand it. Okay? But it's not the, the say all, do all of Bible study. All right. So anyway, uh, here's the thing. We've got to focus. If you want to eliminate rebellion, you've got to understand what it does. Now, in... And I'm, this program may get, go over a little bit, so <laughs> so if it does, uh, you can access it in the archives. That's what I love about Blog Talk Radio. You can access this 24/7 on your smartphones. Uh, it's very you can it's very accessible, and uh, it's it's a good tool to use to for ministry and, and to preach and to uh, get the word out. All right, so we've got to understand what rebellion does. Now, First Samuel fifteen verse twenty two says, "For rebellion is a sin of witchcraft. That's divination. Going get it when you when you constantly disobey God, you are going. You know, you know what you're doing. You're inviting the spiritual demonic realm to come into your life. 
I don't know if you've ever thought of it that way, but that's what you're doing. If you continue to rebel, demons love that. They love rebellion. They love it. They want to come in and party with you when you continue to do that. You're kind of like inviting demons to come into your life. That's what you're doing. For rebellion is the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. If you study Samuel, uh, if you study King Saul, he was demonically influenced because he was rebellious toward God. And the same thing happens to us when we do that, if we continue to be rebellious. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord. Rejecting the word of God is rebellion, folks. He also rejects thee from being king. And that's prophetic because, what, we're supposed to be king and priests, right? But if we continue to reject the word of God, we will not be kings. We will also be rejected from being a king and a priest. Yes, we will. And so we got to be very careful of that. we got to be very careful of that. Okay, so maybe I can uh, end this uh, in 30 minutes. Um, I'm not going to rush this, though. So what's the solution to rebellion, ladies and gentlemen? What's the solution to rebellion? Well, no, I'm going to need to go a little, probably another 15 minutes. So I will be going off the air here in the next uh, four minutes and 19 seconds. But uh, what will happen is Blog Talk will record the rest of it in its entirety. And then in the next 30 or 45 minutes after I'm off the air, you should be able to access the rest of it, okay? So if I'm off the air, then it's for a good reason uh, without finishing this because I, I want to make sure that uh, you get a good teaching here and you understand what rebellion is and, and how to overcome it because it's a very serious problem in this movement and in and, and the, and the Christian churches and worldwide. It's, it's a constant plague, ladies and gentlemen, over and over and over again. And and it's rebellion originated from the devil. All sin originated from him. And we've got to stop. Whenever you rebel toward Yah, you're telling Yah, in effect, I know better than you. I know better than you. And that is an attitude that we have got to destroy, ladies and gentlemen. Because if we don't, we will not make it in his kingdom. We will not be koanim, and we will not be royal which is meaning that you have some some kingly aspects to your priestly rule. So it, it's we, we just won't make it. All right, so let me go over basically the point I was making as far as when you rebel, you enter the demonic world. You enter the demonic spirit world. Ephesians 2 verse 2 proves this. It says, where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. And so this devil or these demons that follow him, they have complete control of the atmosphere, like radio waves. And so we are naturally in tune, naturally in tune to Hasatan's evil character. It says that the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, disobedience, of course, is rebellion. Being stubborn is being disobedient, being rebellious. And so that scripture should prove to you, further prove to you, that when you rebel against him, you enter into the demonic 
realm, ladies and gentlemen. And that's a realm that you better not want to be a part of. Now, the history of our people, unfortunately, involves rebellion. I'm going to read some of what Yah says about our people, ladies and gentlemen, and how we have been and how we continue to be. Psalm 78. Psalm 78. Psalm 78. And Psalm 78 really is a history of Israel. And in particular, what I like about this is that it summarizes everything, and it talks about how we rebel constantly. Psalm 78, verse 17. And they sin yet more against him by provoking the Most High in the wilderness. Verse 18 of Psalm 78. And they tempted God in their heart by asking for food in their lust or meat in their lust. And it's about 40 five seconds i'm going to be going off the air here but again as i told you the entirety of this program will be in the archives so that you can uh, listen to the rest of it i'm estimating that this will take another 15 maybe 20 more minutes uh for me to get the message uh that yah wants me to to teach today but for those who are listening to me uh and will listen i appreciate you listening to me and yah willing i will be available for the next program, uh, I hope, next week. Shalom, peace, and I will continue now with the program in the archives. Okay, I am in the recorded session of this program, so we what we are doing is continuing to understand what rebellion is and, and how to overcome a rebellion. And I quoted Ephesians 2, verse 2. Now, when you enter this demonic realm, what happens is this. You start to lose the ability to understand how to live. You start to lose the ability to understand what's right and what's wrong. And you start to become blinded. Second uh, Corinthians 4. Second Corinthians 4. Second Corinthians 4, verse 4, it says, Actually, let me start in verse 3. But if our gospel, the good news, be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Verse 4. In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds, blinded the minds of them which believe not, that not the light of the glorious gospel of Messiah, who is the image of Yah, should shine upon them. And so what happens once you you continue to be rebellious, you know to do good, but you don't do it, and you sin. You continue to be rebellious. Then what happens is that you start to become blind, and you start to to walk in darkness, and you don't want to get in that situation, ladies and gentlemen. First John two verse eleven states plainly. Let's turn there. First John two verse eleven states plainly, but he that hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and knows not whether he goes because that darkness has blinded his eyes. So you can be a believer, folks, and you start hating your brethren, don't want to follow conflict resolution, think you know uh you think you have ju- uh you think you know this person so well that it's justified to you not to fellowship with them and, and, and yet you have not followed uh, what the master has stated Matthew chapter 18 uh going to your brother and resolving issues. Then the Bible says plainly that you are blind whether you want to believe it or not. You are blind because you cannot, that's a sign of hate. You can't hate your brother and call yourself a believer, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, that, that that's just the total, 
You can't do that. I mean, that, that's, that, that, that does not make any sense. Totally does not make any sense. And you have people in this movement thinking that they are believers, and yet they hate their brother. They hate their brother. First uh, John 4, verse 20, If a man say, I love God, and hates his brother, he is a liar. <laughs> Unfortunately, for he that loves not his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? That's a good point, right? And then in verse 21, And this commandment have we from him that he who loves Yah loves his brother also. And then this is in the context of rebellion, First John 4, verse 1. Be, beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false... Oh, wait a minute. Um, James, let me go to James, Yaakov, chapter 4, verse 1. It says, From whence comes wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence of your lust that war in your members? You lust and have not, you kill, and you desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet... You have not because you ask not, verse 3, you ask and receive not because you ask amiss, that you may consume it upon your own lust. And verse 4 is a powerful scripture. It says, you adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is hostility toward God, is rebellion toward God. And so if you're going to be friends of the world, love the world, love what it has, Hold your place here in James 4, verse 4. Let's turn to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2, starting in verse 15. It says plainly, love not the world. That means not the people, but their evil wickedness. Right right here, it confirms that neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So here's how the Bible interprets itself here, telling you what the things in the world you should not be loving. Not the people, but what they do, their actions, their, their wickedness. Verse 16, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. In verse 17, and the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that does the will of Yah abides forever. And so we, we can't call ourselves believers, folks, and we want to attach ourselves to things in the world. You are rebelling and having hostility toward God. And he says that if you are friends with people in the world, that's what you are. He says, whatsoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of Yah. That's what it says. You are his enemy. So if you don't want to be, if you don't want to be his enemy, then stop doing the things that other people do in the world and linking yourself with, with people in the world that do wickedness. Verse 5. Do you think that the scripture says in vain, the scripture that dwells in us, not the scripture, but the spirit that dwells in us, lusteth to envy. Verse 6, but he giveth more grace. Where if he says, Yah resists the proud, but he gives grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil. That's how you overcome rebellion. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. It's going to be a little pain, a little mental torment sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, when you resist him. But I'm telling you from all the wars I've had with him, that when you resist him, he does flee from you. You have to flee. And then in verse 8, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. So you come to him, and then he's going to come to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. 
Humble yourselves in the sight of the master, and he shall lift you up. Another scripture popped in my mind in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 1. Isaiah chapter 1. Isaiah chapter 1. He states plainly, and he cries out to us now through this prophecy. Isaiah 1. Verse 15, he says, "When he, I just got to telling you that if you're rebellious, your prayers are an abomination. And he states the same here, Isaiah 1, verse 15. And when you spread forth your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Yes, when you make many prayers, I will not hear, because your hands are full of blood. Verse 16, wash you, make you clean, put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. 17, of Isaiah chapter 1. Learn to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. That means make righteous judgments, not condemnations. Plead for the widow. Verse 18. Come now and let us reason together. You can reason with Yah. Moshe did it frequently in the Bible. Study the Bible and see how often that Moses reasoned with God. Come now, let us reason together, says the Master. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Verse 19, if ye be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, if you refuse and rebel, if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword. For the mouth of the master has spoken. And some of you may say, well, he has done it yet. Well, he will do it. I guarantee you that. If you continue to be rebellious, you will be devoured with the sword. Plain and simple as that, according to his perfect words. So you've got to repent of being rebellious, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't, you're going to have some serious issues. Ephesians 4, verse 17 to 32. Ephesians 4, verse 17 to 32. says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Master, that you henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk. These are people of other nations that are pagans. They're not obeying, and they don't care. In the vanity of their mind. So most people are walking in the vanity of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of Yah through the ignorance that's in them. So they don't know, and later on God will reveal these things to them. Because of the blindness of their heart, who, being past feeling, have given themselves over to lasciviousness. Lasciviousness is, is uh, wantonness, great lust, to work all uncleanness with greediness. But you have not learned, you have not so learned Messiah. If so, be that you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Yeshua. What is truth? The, all the Torahs, Psalm 119, 142, all the instructions and doctrines of God, the entire Bible. That's what the truth is. And in, in verse 22, that you put off concerning the former conversation, old man, old woman, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, or woman, which after Yah is created, in righteousness and true holiness. Righteousness is keeping all the commandments, Psalm 119, 172. Verse, uh, Ephesians 4, verse 25, Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. And verse 46, Be ye angry, and sin not. So we can be angry, but we shouldn't be losing control. 
Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil or Hasatan. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needs. In verse 29 of Ephesians 4, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers, and grieve not the Holy Spirit. When you are when you rebel, ladies and gentlemen, you grieve the Holy Spirit. Acts five verse thirty two says he only gives his spirit to those who obey him. So if you rebel, what's gonna happen? You're going to grieve the Holy Spirit. You're gonna grieve it, distress it. And that spirit of God is not gonna to want to dwell. God's not gonna dwell in any wickedness. He's gonna leave you. All right? And grieve not the Holy Spirit of Yah whereby you are sealed into the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, all malice, all evil. Let it be put away from you. In verse 32, and be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as Yah, for Messiah's sake, has forgiven you. Okay, so that is the solution, ladies and gentlemen, to rebellion. You have to realize that you have to just surrender, throw the white flag out to Yah, and obey him. And if you do that, you are certainly going to overcome the sin of rebellion. Acts 7, verse 51 to 52 gives us a synopsis of our, even in the first century, and it's still today, too, in the 21st century, but even in the first century, this is what God had to say about the majority of people, uh, the people of Israel. Acts 7, verse 51, through uh, the... Uh, the righteous, the very righteous Stephen, whose face was glowing like an angel's, or shining like an angel's face. Acts 7, verse 51 to 52. You stiff-necked and uncircumcised and hardened ears, you do always resist the Holy Spirit. He was talking about the majority of them. As your fathers did, so you do you. And, and proof of that, read Psalm 78, ne- Nehemiah chapter 9. It tells you the history of, of, of our people's rebellion. Acts 7, verse 52, which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? They have persecuted all the prophets, and I tell you, they still do it today. Uh, Either they persecute uh, God's true prophets in in this world today, or they they persecute people who support the prophet's message, which the entire Bible is a prophet's message because it's the word of God. The word of God is also a prophet. Uh, Verse 52, which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them which show before of the coming of the just one, of whom you have been now the betrayers and murderers. So, ladies and gentlemen, it's just a common trend for our people to be rebellious. That's just so unfortunate. God doesn't like it. However, it continues to be the way it is. It continues to be the way it is, unfortunately. And... Let me give you, let me go back to Psalm 78 again. Psalm 78. Psalm 78. Psalm 78. And then uh, get back to how rebellious uh, our people have been and they continue to be rebellious today. And then Psalm 78, verse 18, and they tempted God in their heart by 